Hello my loves, welcome to Tea with Kings and Queens, the podcast where I chat to the most exciting he, she's and they's from the world of drag, burlesque and cabaret. In today's festive edition of the podcast, I'm talking to that beautiful redhead, comedy genius, Joyless. We have a lovely rambly chat in this podcast. We talk about pageants, Tracy Emin, only doing shows that you want to do. And we also take a stab at Vogue's 73 questions. So Merry Christmas and enjoy. Today in this special festive edition of Tea with Kings and Queens, I'm talking to a phenomenal Orange Head Icon, Mix Margate 2021, Joyless. Hello, darling. Hello, darling. How are you doing? All right. How are you? We tried to sort this out a year ago, didn't we? But yeah. I think you got the old COVID. Mm-hmm. I had COVID. Uh, what's the date today? It's 16th. I tested positive this time last year. So yeah. it's the anniversary. How magical for you. I know, yeah. A gorgeous time. A gorgeous time <laughs> have I all. Um, but at least I'm getting to talk to you now, which is really nice. Um, how you doing with life? It's all a bit shocking right now, isn't it? Uh, we're a week away from Christmas. The old COVID looks like it's getting worse again. How are you dealing with things? Everyone has it again, don't they? Yeah. Everyone absolutely loves it. Everyone's <laughs> they, they, they can't do. get enough of it. They can't get enough of it. Everyone's at it. Um, no, I'm okay. Um, I had things planned, you know, and... Um, Wanted to live me life a little bit before Christmas, you know, living me life in London, as RuPaul says, that, you know, gorgeous song. Um, but uh, hasn't really happened. And that's fine, because this time last year, my mum was very ill with COVID as well. And it was shit. So, mm. you know, my nan used to say everybody's fed, nobody's dead, <laughs> which is very, you know, poor standards for life, really. But, you know, I think that's relevant now yeah if we're still here we're doing all right we're doing yeah. all right um are you a festive person normally do you like christmas um <laughs> uh, yeah in that in for four days yeah for four days, from like you know the 23rd until how many four three four five yeah till the 26th and then i'm like right let's uh let's stop this now shops aren't open i can't get me bus I feel trapped in my village, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm festive for that nice little period of time. But the fact I'm sort of isolating up until Christmas now, because I don't want anyone to die, mm. um, uh, it's making it a lot longer. Where's um, your village? Where are you in the world? I am in uh, a village just outside of Canterbury um, in Kent. So, you know, it's not the middle of... Uh, nowhere but it's um enough and uh buses are already hard to come by so especially in covid they just keep you know i was at the bus stop the other day and they were just like bus isn't coming driver's got covid and i was like okay (laughs) i guess i'll just stay in there i think we're just getting used to that now things just like oh okay i'll just go home yeah that's fine so you finished performing for the year then what's this year been like being back out again and performing um yeah interesting um I think through Covid it made me only do things I want to do which was nice you know I decided that I'm not just going to do any gig or any brunch or anything like that it's just not me anyway um I yeah so I've just been choosing things that I wanted to do most recently I did this uh, play in Margate called uh, Christmas on Uranus tell us about that really cool people it was a re- oh, it was such an amazing energy entire audience got covid <laughs> <laughs> not related to seeing the show surely no. yeah oh god no yeah it was me it's me i caused it with my performance no it was um it was really good the whole thing was uh it was basically like wizard of wizard of oz uh slash um uh star wars and wow. uh, we met the the man from mars who was very toxic and, you know, he wanted things done, done a certain way. But then we met the woman from Venus. It was also very toxic and she wanted things done her way. And then we met the Mux Martian, which was me, um, which makes no sense because Martians are from Mars and I was from Uranus. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But, you know, we, we, love a, we love a plot hole. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so it was it was really good. It was amazing. The entire cast, was, uh, really cool. And seeing stuff like that in uh, you know I, I started drag and doing things in Margate. So seeing things like that happen, very queer things as well. It's not just like oh, there's a drag scene there now. Like there's like a drags like there's a there's a lot happening and it's really interesting. So that was really fun to be a part of. Um, and that came off the back of Mooks Margate and all of that. So yeah, tell me about Mooks Margate as well. Yeah, well, I had um, not been to Margate for a few years because um, I moved to London. And then in the summer, I was just like, "Should I do this pageant that they're doing? Like, it, it could be interesting." Um, and I decided the week before that I was going to do it. And then I just scrambled some things together and uh, ended up winning <laughs> somehow. And the whole thing was judged by Tracy Emin. It was like a wow. Job. Yeah, it was really, really strange. Oh, because she's from Margate. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. but... So she was there. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool atmosphere, and the fact that I won was really cool. What did you have to do to win? You had to turn up in a look, which is funny, because I, <laughs> I just put a little bit, a little smoky eye on an address. Well. <laughs> like, Ooh, hello. I love that, though. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, did me bin lady look. And then I did my cigarette act uh, where I start with one cigarette, two cigarettes, three cigarettes, massive cigarette, loads of cigarettes, um, which I've been doing literally since 2016. That's brilliant though. Yeah, no, I just like, Keep going with it for as long, yeah. see how long you can get away with it for. Yeah, I mean, uh, at some uh, gigs that I've done, they're like, can you just stop doing that? One? <laughs> <laughs> you can just not do that one because... Uh, we're, we're bored frankly um but uh yeah so I did that one and it went down well and I did it like bigger than I'd ever done it before because it was in an outdoor space it was in Cliftonville um bandstand so I had to look, like make it a whole 360 like thing so yeah yeah it was really good um and it's uh brought me back to the Margate scene so I did some stuff with the arts club over Halloween and um obviously uh, Christmas and Uranus and hopefully do some stuff next year. And then I get to open the parade for Margate Pride next year, which is cool. Nice. What are you going to do for that? Get a nice big pair of scissors, maybe put a nice dress on and a smoky. <laughs> a yeah. nice frock. Yeah, nice dress. Go down to Peacocks, get a nice dress. <laughs> when... still peacocks in Margate, so that's not actually that fun. Yeah, they love it down there. Well, originally I'm from... Uh, this tiny little place in southeast suburbs called Wallington and they clung on to their peacocks for a long old time oh it's a treat in there oh yeah it's a treat nice tights actually very pale tights yeah and there they are good tights usually a good fluffy slipper yeah nice fluffy fluffy <laughs> and that's fluffy. a fluffy slipper that's yeah. a tongue <laughs> so the Margate scene is it um it sounds like quite alternative and progressive yeah. is is that something that you discovered when you were down there or back there yeah yeah well I always sort of was interested in that anyway um but it was very like um yeah I just I just I, I think I had to go away to appreciate that so I had to go to London do all the things I had to do in London and then come back to Margate and you know uh, learn to um appreciate uh because it's quite a, it's a strange place that like when I was going down for rehearsals like having all these cool queer things and you walk slightly out and you're like <laughs> god I'm in a seaside town in Kent and this is a weird energy like yeah um so yeah coming to appreciate that and um realizing that it's kind of the same in London as well but we sort of like we wash over it we're like oh but it's London like it's cool but it's kind of the same thing when you first moved to London, how did you find like your place there in the drug community? Well, I just I went to the University of Westminster. I did one year there because I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, and by chance, of the people that were living in halls are about six or seven of us that wanted to do drag. Um, and it just happened that way. And we just sort of did drag to go out drinking, um, which was kind of it, which, you know, has an expiry date. Uh, <laughs> you know it only lasts so long doing it for those reasons <laughs> that's how we started and we started doing um I met uh we met our friend Kane who was running what club uh which was a club night that 
well it was what club what club were we going to be at we never knew um it was all over the shop um so yeah it sort of stemmed from that and i'm still friends of pretty much all of those people from that time but we've all moved on to different things i sort of go more down into comedy some of those people go on into photography there's always elements of like drag there mm-hmm. um yeah, that's where it sort of started. And then that's when I did the Not Another Drag competition. And yeah. Did you perform before you started drag? Because in like you say, a lot of your comedy is based in, a lot of your performance is based in comedy, you know, mm. and you're not like, you're not all bells and whistles. You're all no. frilly, you know, frills, you know, it's just pure comedy and you, you're not using a lot of props. It's just what you're doing with your body or your expressions. Mm. Were you doing that before? Never, never, wow. performed, never before. I wanted to perform um, and I was at Westminster Uni and I was looking at all the people that were doing really interesting, you know, like art pieces, installations, because um, I was on the arts campus. And I was like, I'm going to apply to go to drama school and just see if it works. I'd never, ever done it before. I know that's um, not a lot of people can just walk into something like that. And I know that was a very privileged thing for me to be able to do, but I just, I turned up with a portfolio I made in two weeks with my friend, Karen, and they just let me on the course. Hated it. Didn't like drama school. Like, That's a the- shame. Didn't like it. But, you know, I met some really amazing people, some of my best friends and like uh, cool people to collaborate with. Um, and yeah part of that was I met Glue there I met uh, boyfriend Joe you know me's boyfriend uh some really cool people uh was around at the time there so you know it wasn't a complete washout like I see it as like it was a cool opportunity like an amazing opportunity for me to have but um the course in itself wasn't for me yeah that's fair enough so where does Joyless come from where did you get the name and sort of the character because there is a pretty distinct character there for me like even in what you've said already just about like style and fashion choices and stuff like that it's quite a distinct person it's funny because I don't see it like that I think other people people relay it to me like like most people call me Joyce (laughs) you know and it's just okay right Joyce goes to Peacocks puts the tights on yeah wins a pageant just by chance um but I guess that's kind of I don't set out to set a character but now but I I guess I can look at it retrospectively and be like here's some of the choices that I made that you know are quite funny if I was to ever write about it um and Joyless was just because you know like I I don't I see myself as a performer and Joyless is a quite you know like not just a drag queen or a king or anything like that it was a quite a nice way to like wrap it up. Mm-hmm. I feel like it looked nice on a document, you know, joyless at the top of it. That's literally what it was. I was like, if I ever did a, work, a word document, what would look nice? What's a nice <laughs> word? Joyless. Okay, okay. What font would you use? What font? Oh, it yeah. depends what comes with the laptop. I've got a Chromebook at the moment. So she's a lovely, I believe it's Times New Roman. Okay, classic. Yeah, classic one. Not that too works. bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it worked for me because I thought, oh, I couldn't have a better guest for a festive edition like Joyless. That's put on for this year. Like, yes, that works. Yeah, very festive, very, you know, like very showgirl. <laughs> I'm a showgirl, I'm a dancer. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm all of these things and above. <laughs> oh, God, like all those horrendous RuPaul introduction videos that they stick on YouTube now where everyone says the same thing. Yeah. It's called binge viewing. I support it. <laughs> oh God, so yeah. awful. Um, your music choices, I think, are dead interesting because you tend to choose really different things for everybody else. Is your music taste really eclectic? Because I've seen you do stuff to like Bob the Builder, Black mm-hmm. Velvet. You introduced me to the Kirsty McCall song In These Shoes, which I'm now obsessed with. So thank I you for that. Oh, that's um, Is that reflective of like you've got eclectic music taste or do you hear a song and then that inspires an idea no I have a very eclectic music taste like 100% it goes from like zero to 100 on my playlists um yeah no literally I there's I don't think there's a type of music that I won't like something in um and I I perform things that I would want to hear 
it's not really what everyone else wants to hear. Like, you know, they're all doing their show tunes or a bit of Sugar Babes and Girls Aloud. And then I come in with like DB Boulevard point of view and people are like, this is a dance track from 2002. Like, why the fuck are you performing it? That's <laughs> why I love it though, because you're not going to get the same person doing it in that night, are you? No, no, but this is the thing as well. I'm like, well, I've got a really obscure like performance to this. No one is going to do this. But even so, I thought people knew, like, uh, China in Your Hand by Tapao. I went up and did... No one knew it. What? No one knew it. I did the whole thing with a China pot in my hand, and the people <laughs> were coming up, they were like, we did not understand this thing at all. See, to me, they should be thanking you, because you're like, well, firstly, that's hilarious. Secondly, thank you for this great song. It's a fantastic song, and I can't believe I introduced you to In These Shoes, one of my favourite since I was a kid. She's my favourite singer, to be fair, Kirsty McCall. She's so, fantastic. Uh, I love, and that's a great performance as well. Um, do you still do that as well? Um, I haven't done it in a while because when I first did it, me said, you've got, I don't want you to do that Sophie Ellis-Bexter mega mix again. Because, <laughs> babe, it was eight minutes long and it was not good. She was <laughs> like, you need to think of another performance. And I was like, listen, I've got two performances. I've just done them. <laughs> I've literally got my cigarette act and a uh, prodigy fire starter. Um, so I've just done those two acts. She was like, well, you need to think of something. So I was like, okay, I know this song like inside out. I've got a few pairs of shoes with me. I'm going to change shoes while doing this song. And um, You're kidding. You just, you did it. That was improv. The first time you did it. The entire thing. I just said to Flynn, I was like, you play that song, me hold these flip-flops. When I point to you, I want you to show those flip-flops. And yeah, the whole thing was improv. Um, and then I did it a couple other times and you can feel like it's not, you know, I thought about it a bit too much. Mm -hmm. I feel like the beauty of that one is that I just went and did it. I had to do it. And if it was bad or if it was good, it was going to happen. But then I think I tried to overproduce it too much. So I've sort of left it. And if, if, if I ever do it again, it'll be in the spare of the moment. Like, uh, passes your shoes, babe. I'm going <laughs> to do that number sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those that I, you can't do too much to. Would you be happier improving something then than just rehearsing and rehearsing? Um, I always have a, a bit of an idea. So, like, that shoes act I had in my head. Yeah. Like, from years ago so it was something that I was going to do but then I guess I'm one of these people that um I, I'm only productive in that last two minutes <laughs> so I can have years and years of like you know like creating a performance making the track having all these things but um until that last two minutes nothing's going to get done and I, I've just come to terms with that that's like that's the sort of person I am um so so, yeah, I guess I have a bit of an idea when I go up there, but like it is mostly like riffs and uh, improv, especially with uh, Mooks, Marsh and, you know, Christmas on Uranus. I just got up there and started berating the audience for some reason. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know I'm supposed to be teaching you about gender, but I just want to like, you're right, babe. Oh, nice shoes and stuff like that. It's the best yeah. way to learn. Yeah. In a friendly environment. When yeah. you were the character of Mix Martian, were you playing a particular character or were you kind of yourself or joyless or just? I guess I was just myself up there. Mm. Um, I take a lot of inspiration from uh, like David Hoyle and uh, Julian Clary, that sort of like mm. higher than thou, but like, but not sort of thing. And yeah. So, yeah, it was very that. It was very like... I'm above all of this, but I'm also really awful. But you all know that. But me right now feels, you know, that sort of um, delusional, I guess. It was a very delusional character and it was very fun to play. Um, and I think by when I, I literally had come in for the last five minutes of the play, so it's like two hours long. And I think at that point, the audience is like, fucking come on, I want to have a dance. Come on, put some Kesha on. <laughs> I think I was there to sort of be like, oh, come on, let's get this wrapped up. Uh, which was, you know, it's always a fun part to play when you're not doing the series. Like, oh, my God, we need to go to Mars and find this Martian. What did you do for the first two hours of the play then? Were you just like hanging I around? 
literally just sat backstage like I tried to take some nice photos of myself um add some chips um Were you in a costume I was in that cost- time it was a costume it was uh, it was a leotard and jockstrap great and with a crown um yeah so I was sort of just chilling around um having a nice time and then I was born on stage in a big number uh to uh what was it uh, madonna press what's the prayer song called oh like a prayer like a prayer oh my god i can't really forgot that nice uh, nice it was nice and um, but we couldn't rehearse that because we only had one sheet and i was born via a sheet so it just <laughs> happened in that moment <laughs> that's uh, even better yeah um is, so do you want to carry on doing this kind of acting yeah well acting <laughs> acting is a scary term for it I guess I I, I want to do more shows where we're sort of like uh, not to sound well yeah I guess we were teaching audiences a lot of the audiences were queer but there were some people in there that you know that weren't they were just interested about this thing that was happening in Margate um and if you make it fun and accessible and um interesting and colourful and the music we used was like 80s fun music if you make that to draw in and then they go home and they think that was really fun those people were amazing oh the people and you know start yeah. thinking about things that we were saying because it was very it was very in your face like we were being like come on non but they them come on use it come on understand this it wasn't like <laughs> that tiptoeing around it so hopefully at least one person went home that night with more information than I think that's the key isn't it not just like staying in a bubble and like preaching to the converted sort of thing getting like a wider message out to people that were normally yeah um yeah and not being scared to 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 make it like accessible I talk about accessibility in the terms of a lot of people get scared of serious conversations mm. when we did that it was a sort of a fun way to have that scary conversation still in a quite a serious way like the monologue that I did at the end was a serious way but the way I delivered it is a way that I wasn't screaming at them I was sort of like you know come on get this like t- take this in because this is like really like really important yeah um, and then you can go have your dance um did you get to chat to many people afterwards to see kind of what the I was a little was? bit careful just because COVID. Of course, yeah, yeah. It was like, <laughs> like, like literally like 10, 11 people will message the next day. I've got COVID, by the way. Right. Oh, uh, uh, do you know, thank you so much for letting me know. <laughs> face. That's amazing. Yeah, I love this. Um, yes, did you like the show? <laughs> yeah so I haven't spoken to many other people but uh we got some feedback of like when's the next one when are we doing it next year like that's great you get arts council funding and I was like well you should get the bloody application open and do it for me then (laughs) so I'm not applying for no arts council it's too much effort (laughs) it's way too much effort oh no (laughs) it's really stressful yeah did you do much digital drag during lockdown I've seen some bits on your Instagram did that appeal to you um no it didn't appeal to me yeah (laughs) if I'm being honest no um no it's all about the audience Mm. and if I was to ever do a look there's always like a silly performance that I want to do with it so digital drag yeah I tried it out and we did like a digital festival like me sister sister glue which was fun I guess but just (laughs) It was fun. It was just a lot of work. It was a lot just, of admin. A lot of yeah. The, this is the thing. It's just a lot of admin, a lot of like editing, a lot of being chased up, a lot of chasing up, a lot of mm. giving people money and things like that. And I know that's important. And you know, it's a part of any performance thing that you do. Um, but when you're not even getting the satisfaction of an audience, <laughs> and you're not even getting your ego stroked a bit, because like a comment's nice and a like's nice, but being like grabbed by the hand you're amazing babe nothing like nothing yeah. nothing beats that so yeah I did I did a couple a couple performances but then by the end I was like I don't want to spend two hours getting into drag to just you know sit in my living room and watch loose women and have you know vegetarian pate on toast like that's not like 
I'm just not that sort of person like if yeah. I'm if I'm getting into drag I'm going on stage like you won't find me doing like like a bar job in drag or anything like that because I just can't be asked I'll just do it out of drag yeah. like, I'd li- honestly just rather work in Tesco out of drag than get in drag to serve you know to to sit there and be like you're right babes two pound entry <laughs> did you watch much digital drag during lockdown <laughs> yeah bits and bobs I did yeah. actually uh, just remembered I did do like a, a mini competition when uh, lockdown first started um there's a drag queen called Havana Havana Meltdown who doesn't do drag anymore um yeah so that was fun and that was cool to be a part of it was like a pageant you did different things every year and it was all Scottish queens so it was cool to get oh Scottish performance sorry not queens and um yeah it was interesting to see all the different the different way that that scene works but sort also be on the outside because literally just in my house in Canterbury um <laughs> yeah it was it was fun but um when I got kicked out of that that uh you know it come to an end I was like yeah no I'm, I'm I don't think I'm going to do any more of that yeah I think that's fair enough also your performances seem so spontaneous I don't know that it you get you wouldn't get that satisfaction would you no no not at all because everything has to be pre-planned pre-edited and and I can do that like I can do those things but um it's not as interesting to me you mentioned sister sister what was it like kind of going through that whirlwind mm-hmm. seeing a friend go through that whirlwind being on drag race it was really really hard yeah really hard you know yeah it was really difficult because like we were so excited the entire time and like she's amazing now like she's she's living her best life and yeah. like it's not like she's downtrodden or anything like that she's come out of it like amazingly but yeah at the time it was really it was really terrible the things that people were saying to her and how just anyone just thought that they could say whatever they wanted mm. without any consequence or out anyone that having a go at them well it's my opinion yeah but I'm also allowed to have an opinion on your opinion mm. I'm also allowed to think that you're saying a shitty thing um so that was it was really hard to deal with but um she dealt she dealt with it amazingly like really as soon as the series stopped she was like right I'm now just gonna I'm gonna make my money <laughs> I'm gonna be happy and I'm gonna make this happen she's got a nice new dog <laughs> boyfriend she lives in you know she lives in a nice flat now so she's living her best life um but I do think there needs to be a conversation had about the treatment of you know when people say well you 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 know you asked for it you went on this show you knew what you were going into I don't I don't truly believe anyone really thinks that that's going to happen to them Mm. I don't I truly believe that you, you go in like yeah I know that's a possibility but like it's not going to happen to me right so I think that's um I think it's silly to just assume that this person deserves or you know has gone into it knowing that this is I think that's silly and I think it's an unhealthy way to think as well like well this person decided to do this so I can berate <laughs> them and like be horrible to them because they decided it what a weird way of thinking I agree yeah, and also what gives you the right, whether even if they did think, you know, that oh, this could be chance, who gives what gives you the right to then go and f- fulfill that and make that happen? Because mm. you're playing into a really negative, horrible, toxic situation. Um, I wouldn't want to be a part of that. And I don't know whether, but this is the thing. When I've spoken to people, oh, it was probably mostly teenagers. It weren't. It was mostly like gay men on Twitter, you know. Ha- just too many too many followers on there they've mm-hmm. made too many woodburn jokes <laughs> and and suddenly you know they've got this following that they can say whatever they want about and they don't think there's any consequences and when people get upset and angry to them they're like well you can't you can't do that like you know I was only just it was only on my twitter it's not a real yeah no fuck off it's that whole dehumanization process isn't it of people once they're on the television I think it's a huge problem Mm. either with fame and celebrity we let people do whatever the hell they want 
or society just decides that they can say whatever they want to about them just because they're in the public eye it's um it's kind of terrifying when actually it should just be really fun and really joyful an experience you know yeah and and especially at that time when everything was super shit like that was we were all super low and it's like is that what you want to feed into yeah even even on a personal level for those people is that what you want to give yourself you want to give yourself in that moment these negative like draining thoughts you want to give those time and energy I don't understand it like I'm not obviously you know I have in my life given those negative thoughts energy but now I I, I, and since this has happened when I have those thoughts I'm like don't don't feed them don't give them the time of day Mm -hmm. because you're going to upset someone else which in turn is going to upset you and what is the point even like and if you think about it on a very selfish level why would you want to make yourself upset yeah if, if if you can't think of the other person think of it on a selfish level if you have to of like this is going to make me feel crap Mm. what's the point um but yeah she's living her best life and it was just it was very it was it was a it was a strange time yeah I bet I bet um what's your experience been like with social media and joyless Um, honestly like fine Mm. I'm not a big social media person I post loads of random crap on my stories all the time I probably annoy a lot of people (laughs) and alienate a lot of school friends that I went to school with like, <laughs> just like what the fuck are they posting about like Billy Connolly like in the smoking <laughs> um but I've never really had uh you know um massively negative experiences because I don't really put myself out there um and that has been an active choice that has been an active choice sometimes I go private on my account you know, I've changed my name a couple of times, so that also helped. <laughs> you know, I'm not having the bailiffs knocking at my door. Um, and should we keep that in? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so my experiences haven't been like crazy, but that is because of an active choice to, to I post my thing and then I sort of don't for a while. And um, I try not to get involved with arguments and, you know, yeah yeah I try I try and keep my social media things to to a low amount um because I just can't deal with it because I'm a very like I'm a very anxious person so if I just and and I love talking to people in person whenever I've had an argument with people and I know someone I told this recently thought I was fucking batshit but two people I knew were having a really like horrible argument and it was oh my god it was so bad and it was over messages uh, over messenger it was over twitter horrible horrible things and i said go knock on our door yeah and but the person i told this to that i i was like yeah and i told them to knock on the door they thought i was fucking mad and i was like no go knock on the door because whatever will happen will happen in that moment you'll be able to take you know you'll be able to understand tone you'll be able to understand what they're saying and if it turns out that you hate each other you never speak again then that's that wrapped up and then you don't no one has to see any of this stuff happening on social media um and I've always been that sort of person you know some people see that as me being like (laughs) a fiery person but I just think if you talk to someone in person you will get to look into their eyes and see what they're really feeling see the tone that they're taking and maybe it's just been a big misunderstanding this whole time yeah I think that's very wise yeah that's how I've always been with it but yeah some people don't take well to that (laughs) I think that's why now I mean we're on zoom now but I think that's now we're living in this zoom world my job is entirely on zoom and it is supposed to be all about like getting to know people and relationship building and stuff and it's near impossible for exactly that reason you know Mm. you don't get the little nuances of when you meet someone for the first time and just trying to get who they are it's so difficult yeah um I'm glad you've been able to kind of draw a line with social media because a lot of performers I've spoken to have said they feel so much pressure because that's how they get work and that's how they get gigs. Yeah, I guess I am the sort of person that 
I will perform probably to the day that I'm, you know, dead, but it's not, it's not my be all and end all. Mm. I can do other things. Mm. I would, I would go and work in a shop and do whatever and know that I will go and perform one day and be happy with that. And I know some people really, you know, it's their whole being and that's amazing. But I think that's probably why I have a different relationship to social media is because if I don't want to do something, I won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if like drag race and, you know, these golden tickets that people are looking for, um, they, they don't interest me. I'm not interested. Like I'm, I'm generally not interested. Like it's not for me. So I don't have to go out of my way to have this nice glitzy social media and all of this and that. Would it be nice? Yeah, it'd be something nice to look at, I guess. But it is what it is um I I don't want these things and I think for a little while I was like I have to you know I have to have it everyone's mm. going for these shows and doing this and they're doing these gigs they're working five nights a week you know five six days a week in drag or so I don't I, I don't actually want that like I don't actually want that I want to go perform at things that I want to perform at I want to perform the, the content and performances that I've written for myself yeah um and being a full-time performer for me wouldn't equal success mm-hmm. it would equal me relying on um you know it would it, it, I think it would take the fun out of it for me there'd be a lot of compromises wouldn't there? there'd be a lot of compromises and I think you would then become you would start having to perform what other people want you to perform. You would start have to do things that other people wanted to do. And I know there's always compromises when you're collaborating with, you know, performance spaces and venues and, but I don't really want to do that. Yeah. So yeah. I've no carry on. Shall we, um, I was going to say, shall we get a bit festive? I'm not quite sure how this is a festive edition other than the fact I've got some bells. That's nice. Is that your cats? <laughs> it's not my cats. No. Just some bells I got knocking around. <laughs> um, no, I thought we could. Um, well, let's do something a bit different now. Do you fancy doing Vogue 73 questions? Yes, let's go. Sweet. Okay. I don't think they're 73, basically because I was writing them all down and my pad ran out. Uh, and some of them are just boring, like dark chocolate or white chocolate. No. Oh, white chocolate, though. Oh, there we go. Now we know. Yeah, I worked in a chocolate <laughs> shop for a year. See, this is a good question. Yes, it's a good question. I worked in a chocolate shop for a year. White chocolate doesn't sell well. So I got, no, no, dark chocolate. Really? In, like It's because uh, in, like, bougie shops like that. Um, so this was a, a posh chocolate shop? It was a, it was a, it was, what shall we call it? It was a chocolate shop. I'm sure you can say which one it was. No, it was a chocolate shop, uh, chocolate motel. Oh, yes, I know the one. <laughs> yeah, it's Hotel Chocolat. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, posh people love dark chocolate. because Right. Think... Was that a good experience working there? Loved it, to be honest. At loads of chocolate, got paid, had a nice time. Didn't really have to do anything. That sounds great. What happened? Um, I moved to Liverpool for a little while. Because I met you when you worked in the Tate shop. Yeah, so I went and worked in the Tate shop for about, I was there for like four months, it weren't for me. <laughs> Fair enough. I like the shop though, but... Oh, lovely shop. Oh lovely no, shop. I loved working at the Tate and the people that worked, like that was one of my favourite like group of people to work with. Um, just didn't really like living in Liverpool, but that's, you know... The Fair story. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Right, anyway, back to Vogue yeah. three questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, how excited are you about life? right now seven oh that's not bad yeah that's all right describe yourself in a hashtag in a hashtag hashtag um uh big silver tree i'm just looking at my tree (laughs) you are surrounded by some incredible decorations that over your left shoulder there this big fluffy white wreath scenario is there pearls on there too it's uh it's a it's a a mannequin so i'll describe my room to you this is yeah this is my mum's room we've got we call it I call it the butterfly lounge get yourself to the butterfly lounge and find yourself a big lady that's what we sing to me mum um she's got like honestly 70 petty boops she's got a big silver tree um a clock that it takes up an entire wall and I'm not joking 
That is massive. That's massive. massive. Um, so yeah, she absolutely loves it. That's so great. Hashtag big silver tree. This is better than any of the locations where they did the actual Vogue 73 questions. You know, yeah. when they someone's putting stuff in the boot of their car or whatever. Yeah. Uh, if you could do a love scene with anyone, who would it be? Um, Simon Amstel. Oh, interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not meant to say anything, am I? I'm just meant no, to carry yeah. on. Um, who's a celebrity that you get compared to? Compared to? Um... Sandy Toxvig. Nice. <laughs> Contemporary. Um, what's one thing people don't know about you? Um, oh my God, what do people know about me? This is the thing, I'm big mouth. Okay. I, tell, I tell everyone everything. Um, um, I'm allergic to bananas. Allergic to bananas? Yeah. Seriously allergic? Yeah. Uh, okay, I come out in hives. Right. Found out on my graduation wasn't a pre-site that's quite late on to find that out isn't it yeah found out 2019 uh going on stage just had a nice smoothie full hives well you never had a banana up until that point well I it just I just never really like whenever I had like a thing I was just never connected the two right and then when I had you know a banana smoothie and then yeah Okay. So I had I had a banana again after, and yeah, it did the same thing. <laughs> to test it out, was it in yeah. controlled circumstances? In controlled circumstances, yeah, and uh, yeah, allergic. Well, what's your biggest weakness? Biggest weakness? Um, uh, big mouth. Talk too much. Okay. Yeah. What's your biggest strength? Biggest strength. Um, my sense of humour, I think. Yeah. What's your favourite time of day? Uh, sunset. What's your dream country to visit? Um, dream country to visit? Uh, I really want to go to Germany, actually. My nan was German and I've never been. So I'd like nice. to go to Germany. What's the worst thing about doing drag? Worst thing, um, worst thing about doing drag. Oh my God, I'm no good at this. I need, um, uh, worst thing about doing drag, um, the pressure, the pressure, the pressure to do too many gigs and too many things, pressure. Heels or flats? Heels, I know, heels, yeah, I love, oh, I love, once I put the heel on, I'm like, oh, mm, love this. And you've got some lovely heels. Yeah, uh, mostly sisters that she's given to me. Oh, well, they're still right nice. Yeah, it's still nice. I hope you still get them off her. Yeah, yeah, I will. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Um, lovely legs, not too annoying. <laughs> uh, who do you want to write your obituary? Um... Jackie, my dinner lady, um, who I had in secondary school, she was fantastic. She knew how to cook a jacket potato. And she always gave me extra uh, tuna mayo. So I think nice. she knows me inside out. You close. That's good. Yeah. Who's your style icon? Is it also Jackie? It's also Jackie with her big blue eyeshadow. Yeah. No, Kirsty McCall, because she was just like gorgeous ginger, just wore jackets. <laughs> Like everyone's, everyone's like oh my favorite person do you know lady gargo and her outfits like mm. i'm like yeah kirsty mccall she wore lovely monsoon jackets and ginger <laughs> hair <laughs> three things you can't live without oh, oh my gosh three things i can't live without me mum um linda mccartney's vegetarian sausages mm-hmm. Oh, me eyebrow angle, me eyebrow uh, angle brush. What do you call it? <laughs> angle brush. Oh yeah. No, can't live without her. That's my favourite thing about makeup. Is I don't put uh, these will stick on at the moment. They're amazing. They're incredible eyebrows. Yeah, they're, they're like, fake ones. They're um, transfer. Nice. Yeah, you know, like a Spider Man tattoo you get in. Yeah. Back of cigarettes. 
are they quite hardy then so like they don't come off in the rain or anything i'm always like smudging mine off with my fingers because yeah, i just no, draw they, mine on they absolutely they literally you can do anything to them but if you fall asleep in them you will wake up with them on on your arm <laughs> that's brilliant uh what's the best thing about drag the people i've met some very interesting people um yeah, very interesting people that do live lives in very different ways. And I find that very interesting to sit back and uh, watch and learn about. What three people, living or dead, would you make dinner for? Oh, my God. Well, Kirsty McCall, I know basic, but I have to. Jane mm-hmm. McDonald. Yeah, Jane McDonald has to be there. Okay. She loves cruising. And um, uh, who else? Jackie, my dinner lady. <laughs> Do you it's still nice, know her? I, it's nice to give back after all those years of serving Jackie potatoes to me. Jackie potato. Um, you know, it'd be nice to, to serve her a meal back, I think. It's nice. Are you still in touch with her? I'm not still in touch with her. She may be dead, but the question was dead or alive. So Jackie, hey. wherever you are right now, I've, um, I'm doing some chilli. Let's try and find her. That'd be nice. Um, What's your biggest fear? Biggest fear? God, uh, do I... A silly one? Like, oh, I'm scared of... I'm scared of clowns. Uh, But no, deaf. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, This is Vogue's word. Current TV obsession. Staff lets flats. Oh, yes. Such a good TV. It's literally my sense of humour down to uh, T. It is so good. Um, yeah, absolutely obsessed with that. And I'm obsessed with a woman in it and her name's gone out my head. Uh, who did she play? Do we know? She's in What We Do in the Shadows. Natasia Dimitriou. Yes, her. Love her. Favourite app? Favourite app? Um... Let me open my phone. Let's have a little look. Who have I got messages from? <laughs> Tesco Club Card app. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does that tell you? What it tells me, I've got 31 points. Right. Is that good? And, um, that's okay. Does it seem very much? No, it's not a lot, but that is because I did use, I used my voucher the other day. I did. Yeah. Right. I went and got some, I went and got myself a corn roast for Christmas. And they use me voucher. So, yeah. Next Tesco. <laughs> um, secret talent. Secret talent. Or are they all out there? I think they're all out there. That's good. Um, yeah. I, no, I can't really. Um, oh, secret talent. Oh, mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I can do, I, I used to be able to do a really good impression of that that guy from Vine who screams, fuck your chicken strips, fuck your chicken strips. Um, yeah. I don't out. know what that is, but I love it. I'll have to send it to you after. It's a fantastic video. It's yes, really uh, Most adventurous thing you've ever done? I moved to Liverpool for four months for no reason. Just did it. <laughs> but then you hated it. And I hated it, but that was adventurous to just go, oh, I'm going to move to Liverpool. Why did you choose Liverpool? Um, sister had a room spare in a really dodgy, oh, oh no, but it was a weird housing situation. Okay. And I was like, you know, let's do it. Um, didn't enjoy it, but I had a nice time at the Tate and I saw some lovely, lovely things, lovely books. Well, books and pencils and rubbers and yeah. all kinds of crap. All kinds of crap. Yeah. Define yourself in three words. Um, ginger cheeky up for a laugh is that a descriptive that's not a descriptive mm, oh well yeah, I like that yeah favorite piece of clothing you own favorite piece of clothing I own my uh, big uh, I have this fur coat that I got for six pounds it's not fur it's like fake fur I got for six pounds in a charity shop in Kilburn and I almost didn't get it and then I was like go back babe it's meant to be, and I've had it ever since, and I, I don't think I'll ever get rid of it. It's just it's just a, a big black fur coat, but I use it every single winter, and she's never done me wrong. Nice. Is she out of the wardrobe right now? She's out of the wardrobe right Good. Now. Good to know. Uh, Must-have clothing item everyone should have. Oh, 
yeah, a nice, a nice pump, a nice heel, a nice pump. Oh, and that's, that's literally my favourite thing is like nice heels. Everyone needs a nice pair of heels, even if it hurts. You don't have to keep them on for long. Just get a nice picture in them and then chuck them off and put your slippers on. I was going to say, how do you feel about people going out for a night and then taking the shoes off oh, when they're out? Do it, babe. Have yeah. a nice time. Well, I usually take a pair of flip-flops with me. Nice. nice. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm literally like, yeah, I'm taking a pair of flip-flops to walk home in. Because, listen, I, I, I went to an after-party 29... No, God, 2016. 9 a.m. the next day, walking home. Didn't have a pair of heels. <laughs> walking to King's Cross Station. It weren't pretty. And yeah. it was... No. So never doing that again. Flip-flops. What superpower would you want? Superpower. Uh, shapeshift into anything I want, because then I can, you know, I can be in any costume, anything that I wanted to be. I could be a table if I wanted to be. Yeah. I could be the Ikea bear if I wanted. You know, I don't want to, but I could. You could and be that, a vapour. Yeah. And so that's a nice, a nice option. Yeah. What's inspiring you right now? What's inspiring me right now? Um... Yeah, uh, Staff Let's Flats. I've never, I haven't actually watched a show in such a long time that's inspired me to like, I want to go write something now. And I have been writing. Um, and I'm just got a cool new job. I'm not going to do too much. I'm not going to say too much. I don't want to get doxxed on the internet. But I just got a cool oh. new job. <laughs> I got a cool new job. I'll tell you after. Got a cool new job, uh, which means I'm going to be around a lot of comedy next year. And um, so I'm, t- I'm using this time to write some things what are you writing um writing myself a nice set to do on stage do a bit of a stand-up out of drag exciting which i've never done before how do you feel about getting up on stage out of drag um uh, shitting myself okay. i would always have like a nice outfit on i'm not just going to turn up in you know jeans and the top can you still have a smoky eye i still have a smoky yeah. eye oh god yeah oh god yeah sorry I'll, let's get i got waylaid then um best advice you've ever received this or something better when you want something good in your life and you really want that thing that's amazing but you know you want that or you want something better so like don't don't ever think that if something you really want doesn't come your way that something better isn't coming something always better is around the corner and what advice would you give to your younger self um shut up stop talking <laughs> stop talking stop drinking quicker earlier because i'm two years almost two years sober now oh wow yeah thank you and um yeah stop drinking stop talking and uh look after your body a bit more how difficult is it not drinking being a mm. drag performer because i haven't drunk for a couple of years and there's always that pressure um I think it's because I only choose things that I want to do mm. and I, I, I feel absolutely fine there's a lot of sober people a lot of performers now are sober mm. which makes it a lot easier and um most people don't really give a shit they're just like they're like do you want to drink no I don't drink cool yeah and that's Good kind time. of where it is um best performance you've ever done best performance I've ever done um I've ever done yeah probably the cigarette act when I did it at Mooks Margate that that feeling that I had I'd never I felt like I knew exactly what I was doing and that was like such a turning point for me to go no I know what I'm doing now like this isn't just like me like messing around on stage like uh, you know I'm I'm good (laughs) what would you like to be remembered for nice ginger hair (laughs) <laughs> um good, this is a good uh, theme i need more ginger performers on my podcast yeah apart from good. myself obviously got you had you and cynthia road love this love this energy love this ginger energy yeah i know right um, i want to be a member for nice ginger hair and uh being a, a, a nice laugh and that for a laugh you know didn't take life too seriously what do you love most about your body um yes specifically my nice long legs is something that I've always been complimented on and also that it works I like that my body works 
like I have chronic pain and all of these things but it works and that's and that's what's good best way to relax or rest best way to relax um I usually put Benidorm on just in the background chill myself out and I just uh or I listen to podcasts like this gorgeous podcast I don't know if you've heard it (laughs) I'm currently on it now (laughs) will you Uh, listen to yourself yeah uh, yeah no I probably will listen to myself great good um and true comp uh, true 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 comp (laughs) (laughs) true crime oh my god I can't say true crime podcasts yeah you're you're a true crime I can't say it (laughs) say it either that that if your life were a song what would the title be um I think it already exists. Uh, Black Eyed Peas, shut up, just shut up, shut up. Nice. If you could master one instrument, what would it be? Violin. Nice. Do you play yeah. anything now? No. 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 Never, never been able. Most annoying celebrity? Colleen Nolan. Yeah. If you weren't doing drag, what would you do? Um, I would be a rat in Paris who controls a chef via his hair in a really like uptown uh, like restaurant and like, you know, drive the chef out, you know, the head chef. And then it turns out that the person's hair that I'm controlling, you know, owns this restaurant now but we all get found out in the end but it's fine because the critic you know he's he loves it because I made him a really nice ratatouille that sounds Um, amazing yeah that's what I'd be doing (laughs) what song can you listen to on repeat there's uh there's a really good this year it's me Spotify informed me that the song I listen to most which is really random song it's called don't falter by Lauren Laverne and Mint Royale I remember that Gorgeous song, lovely video. She's just in a, you know, she's in a Londis having a dance. And it's just one of those nice, happy songs that I can just put on and I never get bored of it. It's nice. If you could switch lives with someone for a day, who would it be? Probably a spider. Because I'm scared of them. I really don't like them, but I, I think it'd be interesting, you know, to see the point of view, like, you know, who is this big ginger thing coming at me with a hoover? And like, you know, I might get some empathy for the spider. That's nice. That's thoughtful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what's your go-to for having a laugh? Go-to? Go-to having for laugh? What's this one mean? Who or what is your go-to, I think they mean. Who or what? Who or what? Um, uh, who or what? Who are what? I don't understand. Maybe Stafflet's Flats. Yeah, Stafflet's Flats. Oh, oh, comedy shows that. So I grew up with Vicar Dibley, uh, French and Saunders, absolutely fabulous. Um, uh, One Foot in the Grave, Man About Town, uh, Are You Being Served? Um, Yeah, Uh, Smack the Pony and Green Wing, the two that I've been watching again recently as well. And that's kind of what the cigarette act was based on because in... uh, in in uh oh, what's it called smack the pony a big part of it is this like competitiveness between the women yeah, and like yeah who's got one small bottle of water who gets the bigger one who's got a massive one and then someone's literally like chugging it um so yeah that was a, a very long way of answering that question okay. I enjoyed it what's your favorite smell favorite smell um oust Nice. Original. Original oust. Yeah. Ready salted oust. And the last one, what's your affirmation for today? Affirmation for today. Um, You're going to be fine. Brush your teeth. Lovely. I think that's a great affirmation to finish on. Um, It's been gorgeous chatting to you. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully, you know, you know, edit anything out that I've I've <laughs> I've stumbled over I'm leaving it all in we're casual oh, here 
Lynn, you love it. Oh, you can't <laughs> get enough of it. Well, casually, I'm getting this out for Christmas. Boom, done. That's... Are you it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> as soon as I've done it. Next week, next week. Next week. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you have a lovely um, uh, time and eat lots of the, the mince pies. Eat the mince pies. Don't get the COVID. <clears throat> or do. You know, I'm not your mum. Do what you want. <laughs> do what you want. If you want to get COVID, I'm not going to stop you. Hi again, it's Carly. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to find out more or get in touch, head over to teawithkingsandqueens.com.